Global Crisis Bible Prophecy Health and Preparedness You are just in time. 11th Hour Dispatch Father in heaven, we pray now for a blessing that will draw us closer to you. Help us to understand and discern the signs of the times according to your word. And please help us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Welcome to 11th Hour Dispatch. I am Scott Ritzema, and we've got another 30 minutes of news for you today. New York Times reports... Researchers have found mounting evidence linking loneliness to physical illness and to functional and cognitive decline. So you heard that right. The more lonely somebody is, the more likely they are to get sick and brain function and cognitive function declines. Also, as a predict, this is amazing, as a predictor of early death, loneliness eclipses obesity. So if you're living an isolated life, socially disconnected, even if you're socially connected on social media, if you're lonely in person, if you're living a life of isolation, or even actually they've found in mouse studies that even 24 hours of complete isolation, you start to see changes. But day after day, week after week, month after month of this as a way of living where you see people maybe, you know somebody, but you don't have social intimacy, connection with other people, you have a higher likelihood for early death than somebody who is obese. And we all know about the risk factors that obesity brings. So right out of the gates, there's some helpful health news for you. You want to be healthy, happy, mind strong, physically vital. You want to be involved with people. There's, a, there's not a better place to do that in, than in the home with the family. But many of us, of course, we have broken homes. We have lost loved ones. Connect with the family of God. Connect with believers in Jesus Christ who want to reach out and find that commonality of, our, of the fact that we're all brothers and sisters in Christ. We're all children of our Heavenly Father. That will bring true physical, spiritual, emotional, and mental health. But on the economic front, I wouldn't describe health as the trend of the day in our continually volatile globe. You've seen the last few days of stock market activity in the world's supposedly healthiest stock market, the United States, the Dow Jones Industrial Average. The last three days has been way down, way up, way down. We call that volatility. It's back. We've seen almost a thousand points and swings just the past three days. We've seen over the past year, two very significant, over the past 13 months, two huge nosedives. Globally, the United States recovered from those, but basically just still flat over the last 15 months plus since I noticed the trends economically and and put out the the memo, hey, this this ride is over. This this, uh, recovery, so-called, is not going to continue as it is when you look at economic law. Something that can't go on forever won't. 
We'll get into some more economic data on another broadcast, but just a quick mention of what's been happening in the past few days. But speaking of the past few days, when we look at the geopolitical tensions that are heightening around the globe, we saw yesterday analysts and experts in Britain, across Europe, warning that we are at a higher danger for World War III than at any time in the last 60 years. You follow that up the very next day, and the headlines are telling us that a South Korean military source told the national outlet Yonhap that its government is ready to reduce Pyongyang, that's the capital of North Korea, to ashes. So now South Korean military sources saying we're going to reduce North Korea's capital to ashes. Of course, North Korea, very belligerent communist dictatorship, launched another nuclear test and continues their threats of the South. But this source in the Korean military came out and said, South Korean military, and said every Pyongyang district will be completely destroyed. Without a doubt, the most warlike words that we've heard from South Korea Apparently, they're starting to lose patience with the North Korean repeated threats. The military source told the publication Yonhap that a plan is in place to destroy Pyongyang if necessary. Every Pyongyang district, particularly where the North Korean leadership is possibly hidden, will be completely destroyed by ballistic missiles and high-explosive shells as soon as the North shows any signs of using a nuclear weapon, the source said. In other words, the North's capital city will be reduced to ashes and removed from the map. So, wars and rumors of wars, Matthew 24, continue to be fulfilled, pointing to the fact that we are in the last days, but not just the geopolitical strife, the one world unity of religious connection that we read about in Revelation 13 is continuing to move forward. We just spent a bunch of time on last the last broadcast yesterday on this very topic. And now I recently finally read this joint declaration between the Pope and the Russian Orthodox Church. Now, it's lengthy, but there's one phrase, one statement that I want to read to you that caused my jaw to hit the floor. It's probably no surprise that the various religions are holding dialogues and meetings and joint declarations and signing statements of agreement. We've seen this going on. But this one contained an especially eye-opening statement. It's statement number 24 of agreement. Orthodox and Catholics are united not only by the shared tradition of the church of the first millennium, but also by the mission to preach the gospel of Christ in the world today. That's no surprise, but listen to this part. This mission entails mutual respect for members of the Christian communities and excludes any form of proselytism, proselytization, to proselytize. In other words, we will not do evangelism anymore. That is some sort of offensive thing. To come to somebody and say, may I share something with you from the Bible? We're holding a series of meetings. We'd love to have you hear some amazing Bible truths that are especially relevant, life-changing, and eternity-shaping in these last days that will draw you closer to Jesus Christ, bring mental and spiritual health and wholeness to you, to restoration for your family. This is 
hate speech we remember, right? This is something that can't be permitted because you are implying that somebody else is incorrect about something and that would might that might offend them. So proselytizing is considered taboo in many places and here in this statement official policy is no proselytizing. We will not allow it. We are not competitors it says, but brothers. And this concept must guide all our mutual actions as well as those directed to the outside world. So as we direct ourselves toward the outside world, we don't consider people to be potential proselytes, people who follow the religion of Jesus Christ. Because, my friends, what the Pope and the Russian the patriarch of the Orthodox Church are agreeing to, this is not biblical Christianity. Even though it uses terms like the church for the first millennium and the gospel of Christ, to they even use the phrase the mission to preach the gospel of Christ and then say we are not going to allow that we preach the gospel and try to make and win souls and make converts to Jesus. An amazing backward Orwellian statement in this joint declaration, but this is the incredible world in which we live. A world where all religions are coming to unite under one global head, that being Pope Francis, but it's not a organizational structure. It's not an alliance of the actual literal merging of the institutions of the churches. It's a merging of, of heart, of devotion, of, of, of worship. Uh, who will be superior and supreme in the last days? Jesus Christ or man? Particularly a man who sits in the place of Christ. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And it doesn't matter what kind of laws are imposed, we will continue to do the mission, the true mission of preaching the gospel. The three angels' messages of Revelation 13 need to go out into all the world. And, and it's our job to win souls. This is a given. Everybody who's read the Bible knows this. But we live in an age where apparently proselytizing is some sort of offense because after all, we're not competitors, but brothers. So even though we have different institutions, as long as you can agree with us on all these things, we will stop having any divisions and we'll all come together. No more winning converts to the religion that you believe in. So what does that mean for God's people? Well, you know that in Russia, they've begun a crackdown on religion and proselytizing in Russia. So it's no surprise that you have the Russian Orthodox Church making a statement of agreement with the Pope on this. So that's that news. But I found this news. I, I dug into this um, vice presidential candidate, Tim Kaine, a bit more because he recently was on the news talking about Hillary Clinton's reference to the basket of deplorables that made top news when she referred to a large portion of the country as everybody is sexist and racist and homophobic and Islamophobic and xenophobic and they are a basket of deplorables. And she kind of backed that down a bit and said, you know, I shouldn't have said Half of, of the voters of Donald Trump are, are that. But then Tim Kaine came in and said she was right to say what she said, that these people are a basket of deplorables. And he said that there are certain views, and this has a lot to do with religious liberty and freedom of speech, and that's why I want to bring this up, not to take sides on the political disputes of our day, but 
the potential vice president of the United States said that there are some views, viewpoints, beliefs, that are animating people in this country today. And he said, quote, they just can't be tolerated. They can't just be tolerated. So in other words, we can't tolerate certain views. He called it the fringe views of the conspiracy movement. He said those are being incorporated into his opponent's campaign. This reminds me also of a Clinton fundraiser email that said something along the lines of, you know, there's conservative media out there and we understand they oppose, they're the opposition, they have a right to exist. But then they named a particular media outlet, Breitbart News, and they said, but that's something different. They are, quote, conspiracy peddlers. In other words, implying that if you are raising the possibility that perhaps powerful people might deceive the public from time to time, a conspiracy theory, then a news agency like that doesn't have a right to exist. Says the conservative media have a right to exist, but Breitbart News is something different. They're conspiracy peddlers. So who is this Tim Kaine? I looked at a Time magazine article about his religious past and history. Tim Kaine is attempting to be the second Catholic vice president in U.S. history. And so when we get back from the break, we'll learn a little bit about his religious and political formation in Latin America when he visited there and is studying under the Jesuits. So we'll be right back. You're listening to 11th Hour Dispatch with author, teacher, and speaker Scott Ritzmer. For more programs and information, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. So, you've heard how our school system was designed to reduce individuality, right? Well, the research is in. It has worked. 98% of preschoolers demonstrate creative genius in tests for divergent thinking. So, we're all born with this creative ability. But after five years of modern schooling methods, only 32% of kids still have it. After five more years of school, only 10% still have it. This is no surprise, since our system was admittedly designed for this very purpose. It's time to wake up, to come apart and be separate, saith the Lord. The DVD series is called Schooled, the deliberate agenda to reduce individuality, destroy intelligence, and re-engineer society. In Schooled, you'll hear it straight from the mouths of the founders of modern schooling themselves. They're quite proud of it. Visit 11thHourDispatch.com and use promo code RADIO for a reduced suggested donation rate. Wonderful, merciful Savior, precious Redeemer and friend, who would have thought that a And we're back. This is 11th Hour Dispatch, and the website is 11thHourDispatch.com. Just before the break, we were going into certain statements that have been made from powerful political figures in our day, saying that there are certain beliefs that can't be tolerated. Now, of course, there are certain beliefs that are wrong, that are harmful, that are evil, that are anti-Jesus Christ, and that are of the devil. Unfortunately, we live in a world 
that is pluralistic and where multiple different viewpoints compete in the public sphere, in the public sector. And so there will be, in a free society, views espoused that are not true. And as a part of a people that value religious liberty, freedom of conscience, freedom of expression and speech, we tolerate views, even if we think they're crazy. I've heard some ridiculous conspiracy theories and I roll my eyes, but we don't come out and say that may not be tolerated and doesn't have a right to exist. So these are dangers and threats to religious freedom because I'll tell you, when you study Bible prophecy, it reveals some pretty astoundingly amazing and incredible, impossible sounding things that would definitely be labeled as conspiracy theory by people who seek to libel and slander religious beliefs. In fact, I remember seeing that some of the religious beliefs of one of the top candidates for the presidency were libeled and criticized as conspiracy because it's Bible prophecy in Revelation 13. So whenever I hear statements like the one we just heard before the break, it makes me concerned because I could understand that truthful proclamations can be identified and called conspiracy theories and then be swept aside where you throw the baby out with the bathwater. Because I'll tell you, there is a real conspiracy happening in our world, and it's called the great controversy between Christ and Satan. Satanic agencies of deception are on the move in this world forming a threefold union, which the Revelation 13 refers to as the dragon and the beast and then a second beast, and that these global political religious movements and and institutions unite together in concert, pushing forward the world's final deception that will separate the remnant from those who receive the mark of the beast. And that, of course, is a satanic conspiracy utilizing human agencies of deception and structures of power to push forward this final oppression and the removal of religious liberty. And so there are true and real conspiratorial actions by Satan, his angels, and his human agents in this world. That's not to, of course, endorse all of the nonsense and ridiculous nature of what's out there, but we do need to be willing to tolerate different viewpoints. Back to this history of Tim Kaine, though, he was uh, educated at a Jesuit institution, which in itself, that may not mean a whole lot, but in his own statements, he has referred to, quote, his high school experience with the Jesuits, that he had, he had an experience with them. And he said, quote, this was a key part. My high school experience with the Jesuits was a key part of my transition into an adult life. Now, having an experience with Jesuit teachers at a Jesuit high school that that helped him understand what it means to transition into an adult life, you know, that's one thing that should make us you know, uh take a take a deeper look at this because you know the Jesuit order is a order within Roman Catholicism that was founded um, not as your run-of-the-mill Catholic friend or family member, but this was a a very dark and nefarious cloak-and-dagger type of 16th century institution that, that engaged in all sorts of nefarious plots to try to wage a counter-reformation, to prevent 
people from being able to freely in a free society open their bible in the common tongue and study for themselves and determine who is lord that whole movement of the jesuits continued on past the 16th century and the the organization is still around today but as a as another point of understanding tim kane and his background he speaks very good spanish and where did he learn his his spanish from well as a young man he worked with the jesuits in Honduras, in El Progreso, Honduras. And he made a statement that he still thinks of that foundational experience that he had in his life of working alongside the Jesuits in that mission down there in Honduras. He says he still thinks of El Progreso, Honduras every day. He said that that experience had more influence than anything in his life except his own devout Catholic family upbringing. So that's pretty significant right there. But then it gets even more serious when you take a look at what were the Jesuits up to in Latin America in the 1980s. Well, this is liberation theology is the term. There are a bunch of different proponents and exponents and theorists of this theology of the school of thought, but in a nutshell, liberation theology was a a Catholic overlay, a Christian religious sounding overlay on the Marxist, socialist, communist ideologies of the Cold War, and that those were at war in Latin America, as you know, through the history. And in fact, the present Pope was praised by a number of liberation theology proponents who said, he's our guy, he's a Jesuit, he's a liberation theology guy. So it's pretty interesting that it was during the Pope's uh, trip to America last fall, Cain said that he was moved to tears by the pontiff's address to Congress. He told that he considered, he told Time Magazine that he considered Pope Francis, who, who of course was a Latin American Jesuit from uh, Argentina, to be his hero. He said, he's my hero. And last of all, Tim Kaine said that he went into public life. He is in politics. He is in the public sphere, trying to become the vice president for spiritual reasons. That's his statement, that he went into public public life for spiritual reasons. What spiritual reasons? Well, his Jesuit upbringing in the high school and in in, in, in Honduras as a part of these most important experiences of his life that he thinks about every day. They animate him. They motivate him. They form his philosophy, according to his own explanation. Now, these guys, Francis, Tim Kaine, etc., when they talk about liberation theology, it was put this way by the Hill newspaper in an investigation on this matter. They said, whatever Kaine's intentions when he went to Honduras, he more likely met Karl Marx than Jesus Christ while in Honduras. In Honduras, Mr. Kaine embraced an interpretation of the gospel known as liberation theology. So this all links in with what is probably the top news story in the country because there is a chance that Tim Kaine could not only be vice president but could be president. USA Today reported a candidate's death could delay or eliminate the presidential election. Uh, they're speculating about you know fantastical sounding things that you know that you'd never really think of that in a normal election cycle. But the top news story of the country is the fact that this again so-called conspiracy theory over Hillary Clinton's health is actually legit. She actually is struggling, and you saw the the fainting spell or seizure or whatever that was this past weekend made her health front and center news. But prior to that, for weeks on end, 
the campaign and the mainstream media were passing any concerns off as just a conspiracy theory. They said, oh, you know, she's perfectly healthy. There's nothing to see here. But then we've seen unprecedented Secret Service leaks where Secret Service members who don't normally leak information to the press, they've been leaking info to the alternative media saying she has serious neurological health problems, seizures that can be triggered by flashes and reporters. You can actually watch a video of her going into this this strange thing when when the, the, the reporters are all crowded around her. But the media continued that cover up of any question of that. In fact, there was a mainstream medical guy who had a show on CNN, Dr. Drew, he came out and questioned this and he said, you know, this 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 is a problem that we don't have more information about this. And then of course he was promptly dismissed and his show was canceled. So there's been a major, major move afoot. Then recently more of the coughing fits have begun where she coughs and you got to feel bad for somebody on camera and there's coughing and coughing like that. But the campaign said that it's just season, seasonal allergies from a high pollen count. Now, I have seasonal allergies some from time to time. Maybe you can hear it in my voice. And, and it's it comes and goes, right? It's not year-round. She's been having these coughing things all year. And the, the pollen count was low when she was having them. So they kind of backed down from that. And then they said, well, she's just got pneumonia. But that wouldn't last all year either. And they said that the... The fainting on Sunday was on, on the 9-11 memorial was also from pneumonia. But at first they came out and said that it was that, that she was just overheated. And then they're like, OK, we better we better finally tell you she's got pneumonia. But there's something more going on than that. As the Secret Service agents have talked about, they've said serious neurological problems. Dr. Zudi Jazzer, MD, stated to Newsmax TV what she has had on Sunday was a syncopal episode she passed out that's either cardiovascular or neurologic now her team wants us to believe that it's dehydration she didn't appear to be dehydrated and that doesn't get fixed in 90 minutes he told newsmax tv but now the media is starting to come around a bit on this and this illustrates the nature of deception and how as christians we have to know that the devil comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He is the deceiver. He is the, a liar and the father of lies. And so when you turn on worldly media, do not think that you are getting the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. You get that in the Bible. You get that by studying the life of Jesus Christ. When you hear the mouthpieces of the political powers of our age spewing their ideas out there, you know, all respect to them and we honor and recognize the need for civil government and all that, not introducing any revolutionary themes and tones, but as individuals seeking truth, seeking Jesus, we want to be wary and discerning. But AP now admits... For weeks, Hillary Clinton dismissed questions about her health as little more than a conspiracy theory, part of a wacky strategy, quote, in her words, cooked up by the others who, in, who embrace an alternative reality. And, and it, the article goes on and says, now those concerns are unavoidable. So in other words, what used to be called a conspiracy theory we now acknowledge is real. Jimmy Kimmel has a late night show where he made fun of people who questioned Hillary Clinton's health. And he, he finally had to come out and say, you know, it would be harder to believe the Hillary Clinton health conspiracies if they if they didn't actually come true. So he's saying it has come true. I was wrong. And even before Sunday's 
event and the the media coming out and admitting this was a problem, the, the, there was a 71% in one study, an online survey of the Association of American Physicians and Surgeons, 71% of doctors said we are concerned about her health. So this is not some politically motivated thing. This is something we should all pay attention to. So who knows where the direction is going of this country with religious liberty. We might not see a Clinton or a Trump presidency. There's a lot of weeks left, a lot of health to be taken a look at, and we've got a powerful God who sits on the throne, who raises up kings and deposes him. He may have a say. So we'll keep our eye on this. We'll see you next time. To financially support this broadcast, visit 11thHourDispatch.com. Here's Scott Ritzema with another final minute message. Our ultimate calling right now is to study the scriptures, to come to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, to receive the free gift of salvation that he offers to each one of us. And in that process, we see him in prophecy. We see the biblical signposts that identify where we stand today in the stream and scope of human history. And when you catch that vision of a God of love, who has a purpose for us at this moment in the climax of the great narrative that we find ourselves in. That everything about entertainment and all of this silliness that our culture gets into starts to look rather absurd. An affront to the living God who has a very sober and serious message for us in this day of atonement in Earth's history. Brought to you by Belt of Truth Ministries.org.